everyone, it's Sammy. Welcome back to another episode of Politically Blonde. In this episode, I will discuss the recent narrowly avoided rail strike that nearly upended our country's supply chain and caused disastrous economic issues for farmers, businesses, consumers, and workers. After years of trying to negotiate a fair contract and having their workforce slashed by almost 30% in six years to increase profits and dividends for investors, the Biden administration stepped in at the last minute to aid in negotiations and prevent the economic disaster that would have been a strike. While a temporary agreement was put in place to avoid these catastrophic problems, it is yet to be agreed upon and ratified by the rail unions, so a strike could still be in the works if a deal is not reached soon. Rail workers have experienced much of the same pain that other essential workers suffered through during the pandemic. Long hours with few days off, a reduced workforce, unacceptable low pay, and penalties for unplanned absences. No doubt this unprecedented time has been extremely difficult for workers in all industries, and with higher prices everywhere, people need higher wages to support their families. With years of stalled negotiations and wages frozen for three years, that might seem like a good reason for rail workers to strike. But their paychecks were not the only impetus that infuriated rail workers. So, what made them decide to strike now? What was the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back after years of waiting for a fair contract? As shocking as it may seem, rail workers are punished for taking sick days or days off for doctor visits or family emergencies. Sure, they get paid time off for vacations that accrue based on seniority, but with a smaller workforce, these days are difficult to schedule and can be denied. And what about days that aren't planned? A system was recently put into place that required all workers to be on call all the time and report to work within two hours of a call. If they can't make it, they get docked a set number of points, depending on how busy the day is, higher on weekends and holidays. When they get docked 30 points for missing on-call days, they face a 10-day suspension. After that, if they lose 15 more points, they face a 20-day suspension, with a third violation causing termination. Earlier this year, a locomotive engineer told his wife that he felt different and made an appointment with his doctor to check it out. He was unexpectedly called into work the day of the appointment, and rather than face punishment for not being available, he canceled his appointment. A few weeks later, he suffered a heart attack and died because of the cruel attendance requirements to his job. And this is what rail workers are demanding. Flexibility to take days off for sick leave and emergencies without penalties. Imagine having to fight for such an obvious human right to care for their health or that of their loved ones. The temporary agreement that was reached to avoid the strike included a 24% pay raise over a five-year period from 2020, including a lump sum payment immediately upon ratification, guarantees the health insurance premiums would not rise, and unpaid days off for medical appointments, but they must be scheduled in advance, which is not always possible. The 115,000 workers represented by the unions must ratify the agreement for it to go into effect which is still up in the air. Unions are often thought of as the reason why construction projects drag on for years. Teachers are not held accountable for their student success or lack thereof, and employees standing around doing nothing while lines pile up. Big corporations see them as a hit to their bottom line and attempt to discourage employees from organizing. But while unions have been declining, recently employees at large companies like Amazon, Starbucks, and Apple are coming together to fight for their rights. These workers are looking for livable wages and flexible hours. They have been overworked and underpaid for too long, and the creation of unions is giving them the power to finally fight back. No one should have to work two jobs, 80-hour weeks, just to make ends meet, while CEOs are making record profits off their labor. 
These same CEOs are using union-busting tactics of threatening pay cuts and loss of benefits to employees who vote to unionize. They enjoy their record profits and dividends for their investors rather than paying employees reasonable compensations for their work. Employees should be treated with respect and given a fair salary, healthcare and paid time off for vacations, personal time, and sick leave. Workers and unions make on average 16.6% more than non-union workers. So obviously it makes sense for them to want to organize to gain negotiation power within their large companies. They are looking for higher wages, better health benefits, more paid time off, and career advancement opportunities. I hope this trend continues and more workers recognize the value in unions that the essential workers will actually be treated as if they are truly essential to the running of our country. With livable wages and benefits for all employees and maybe slightly lower profits for their billionaire CEOs. I'm sure they can spare a few billion to treat their employees fairly. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast and make sure to check out my Instagram at Politically Blonde Podcast and my website politicallyblonde.net. Please come back next month to learn about another important political issue. Thank you.